if you even want to aspire to be different and better and a different type of person, that's because that's the real you wanting to come out. And you'll know because you feel in an alignment. You feel, as I've said in other shows, your mind, body, spirit, feet are all standing in the same place. You feel strong and solid. And if you want to feel confident, that's the way to feel confident, my friend, let me tell you. So accepting yourself while still keeping an eye toward that you, you aspire to be is very powerful and is super necessary in order to be able to then grow into another version of yourself. In today's busy world, how can we find the inspiration, knowledge, and energy to live a healthy and empowered life? If we balance and harmonize our mind, exercise our body, live according to the laws of nature, and connect to spirit, can we find a way to heal, become our authentic self, and live our purpose with love? I am your hostess, Amy Fournier, and welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite. Hey, hey, welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite, my friend. In this episode, we are going to get into 12 ways to curb anxiety. Getting to the other side doesn't have to be so hard. These 12 tips are going to help you out. So I'm excited to share them with you. But before we do, I wanted to give a special thanks to one of the reviews that I got on iTunes. Thank you so much to E.M. Janito for leaving a five-star review. She writes, Amy acknowledges various schools of thought in her advice and encompasses a huge body of knowledge on all things health. Her, her holistic approach links mind, body, and soul, and it's all presented in a way that's accessible for everyone. Amy encourages and reminds us to question the quote-unquote norms and ideals and societal noise and to instead listen to what we know is best for our own selves. You will think on all levels you'd never dream you could access and see it from a new refreshing lens. Plus, feel super empowered after listening to this podcast. Oh my gosh, what a great review that was. E.M. Janito. I'm giving you a big hug and kiss over the internet. So thank you so much. Now let's get to the show. 12 ways to curb anxiety. This was actually something I found in a journal psychology today and was written by licensed psychotherapist Linda Expedizo. So Linda shares these 12 tips. So I'm going to read them for you. She mentions how anxiety is so present in the world and she argues that well, we could think of it as something being wrong, you know, if we have racing thoughts, sleepless nights, tightening in the chest and you know, they might be part of your identity and you think of it as just how you are and who you are. But she mentions that calm does not have to be a myth. And there's an easy way to discover that you can help yourself. You can get on the other side and get to inner peace with just a little bit of discipline, a little bit of creativity and commitment to intentional acts of calm. So she gives us 12 tips. Let's get right into them. I must admit the first one is my favorite. So if you're in a position where you can write these down or just make a note, please do so. So you can really incorporate it in your life. That's really the whole idea. Not to just listen, but take action. Taking action is the only way to make change. All right. Tip number one, memorize the following sentence. What is a different way of looking at my situation? 
That's it. Isn't that an amazing thought? You know, it's just a great reframe. I'm going to read it again. What is a different way of looking at my situation? Oftentimes when we have an anxiety or any kind of like thought in our mind that just keeps looping and looping and looping and we start obsessing on a thought, we just get super hyper-focused and we can't think of a possible other way to look at something. And, you know, every, every other possibility is just not even popping into our brains. So just asking this simple question, what is a different way of looking at my situation? I think is simple and brilliant. Two of my favorite things. <laughs> so Linda recommends to ask yourself this question every time you start to feel overwhelmed. Getting out of habitual patterns and overreacting to stress and uncertainty is a key step towards regarding yourself as a capable problem solver. So remember that question next time you start getting really anxious. What is a different way of looking at the situation? Tip number two, walk or take your dog out for 30 minutes a day or go for a hike. Literally and metaphorically, movement can get you unstuck. We know that. The research is adamant. We know that exercise can be more effective with less side effects than even prescription drugs. And it's just a no-brainer. It literally is a powerful way to change your state. Things like music, taking a cold shower, but definitely just get out, get some fresh air, change your perspective. That's when new stuff can flow. And I'm so glad that Linda recommended that as tip number two. Uh, because you know what she says, not only are you getting out of your home, but you're getting out of your head. And especially if you have a wily dog that will keep you on your toes, that's for sure. Number three, drink a lot of water. Woo, that's another good one coming from someone like me who's in the health and wellness space. And if you want to learn more about that, definitely check out my episode number 12, which is my foundations and fitness. Number three, which we talk about hydration and all things hydration and why you definitely want to listen to that. Because I know you know you should drink water, but once you understand why, you will become a believer and it, you will be much more apt to comply. So Linda says, staying hydrated is a simple way to improve mental health. Water facilitates the delivery of nutrients to the brain. It also removes toxins and inflammatory markers, and it improves cognitive function. So I've even read that, you know, being dehydrated, even as little as by 1%, can decrease your ability to concentrate. So super, super powerful. Uh, and again, for more on that, check out episode number um Number 12 on water. Number four, drop and do 10 push-ups. We're back to movement again. When your heart starts racing, maybe because your boss just bombed your inbox with requests, a short bur burst of heightened physical activity can help you get rid of nervous energy. So, you know, that's a really good idea because a lot of times anxiety increases our adrenaline, right? Like that pump you get, which is actually a little side note, another reason why a lot of people get addicted to that anxious behavior, because not only is their go-to mode of being, but it gives you energy, right? So when you're anxious all the time and over busy and hyper, hyper, just basically hyper, you have a lot of energy. But the problem is that energy can burn you out and fry your hormones and fry your neurotransmitters. And it can lead to the invariable crash afterwards, which is 
no fun. Let me tell you, no picnic when you just feel like you're on the floor. Have you ever felt that way? I know I have when I am just pushing it too, too hard and that adrenaline is just fried. So what Linda recommends is, you know, when you've got all those, those, those energy chemicals in your body, they need to be burned. They need to go somewhere productive. So do a little bit of, a little bit of hardcore exercise, like something more like push-ups rather than just a little stroll, like she recommended in tip number two. Tip number five is think of a person you admire who sees the glass as half full. You know that saying, is the glass half full or half empty? Well, think of somebody that you admire that always looks at the bright side, has a really cool way of finding the, the rainbow, the pot at the end of the rainbow, so to speak. Do you know anyone like that? If not, you need to upgrade. <laughs> you need to get around some people that are not the doom and gloom club and find people that have that growth mentality, that positive mindset. And now let me just be clear. As I've said in many shows, I am not someone who likes to just stick a happy sticker on everything and pretend it's all fun because that is, that's just called spiritual bypass. That's just completely avoiding the issue. And a lot of times our pain is our best teacher, right? And it alerts us to something that we need to pay attention to and change. So pain is not by any means something we want to just pretend it's fine. I'm fine. That's just complete denial. And it's, and it's actually not respecting and loving yourself either. But at the same time, we do want to be around people that although they might want to respect and learn from something uncomfortable, they at least have a willingness and eventually a go-to habit of trying to find the good in it, right? That's essential. Otherwise, you're just stuck. You're never going to grow out of it, and you certainly won't find the good. If you're not going to find something you're not looking for, right? So when you're stymied, ask yourself what this person would do, this person that you admire. You think of the person and like, what would so-and-so do in this situation? Anxiety can make you feel isolated, even when you're not physically alone. So if you're not getting positive vibes from those around you, think of your admired person for inspiration. And again, as I add, if you don't know anyone, find them. <laughs> Just think of anybody you admire. All right, tip number six, practice the Pomodoro technique. The Pomodoro technique is the famous work-rest technique of people who are uh, efficient in their jobs and find a way to work with balance. So when you're stressed and demotivated about deadlines or responsibilities, working in small batches of time can help you focus and gain a sense of control. So what you do in the Pomodoro technique, which is named after the person who invented it, it's super simple. All you do is set a timer or pay attention to the clock and work for 25 minutes. But then after 25 minutes, you stop no matter where you're at in your work and you give yourself a five minute break. And usually what they recommend during this time is you just get up or, you know, just maybe go downstairs, get a glass of water, maybe step outside, just get a little fresh air, maybe put in a load of laundry, call a friend, whatever. Just literally take a five minute break and definitely away from your workstation. And then what you do is you repeat that cycle, 25 minutes of work, five minutes break uh, for three or four times. And then after that, you take a longer break. So, you know, after about an hour and a half or so, you take a 15 to 20 minute break at least. 
So that's called the Pomodoro technique. And it has been very successful, like I mentioned, not only in work efficiency, but keeping, keeping you from burning out and just getting hyper-focused. And then, you know, you have a law of diminishing returns. All right, tip number seven, find a mindful activity to ease yourself through transitions. If you've had a hard time leaving work stress behind and tend to dump it on your partner as soon as you get home, build yourself a better buffer or a buffer if you don't even have one. Build yourself a buffer. I've mentioned before in shows that, you know, we don't pay enough respect and attention to periods of transition, you know, the periods between one activity and another, one state of being and another, uh, whether it even be like an exercise to the cool down or in this example, going from work to home, or maybe going from, you know, mommy role to wife role or girlfriend or whatever it may be, really taking a moment to be mindful in our transitions so you can really, you know, tap into a conscious way of behaving and living that you're really fully present because you're not still at work in your head, but your feet are in the kitchen making dinner, talking to your spouse. You know what I'm saying? So being mindful to ease yourself into a transition through a nice buffer period is what the recommendation is. Uh, you know, so when you sign off from work, you spend a few minutes in silence to just make peace with what happened during that day. Then maybe just take a few cleansing breaths before switching gears with presence and intention for the next endeavor. Good advice. Tip number eight, clear your clutter, clear the clutter. It's no secret that a messy space makes for a messy place inside your head. Before bedtime, spend about 15 minutes tidying up and reorganizing your home and your home office. When you can easily locate what you'll need first thing next morning, life runs more smoothly. That is for sure. And again, I think this relates to the, the previous tip, tip number seven about the transition. To me, like even when I teach my online classes, I actually uh, teach, I have a little makeshift studio I have in the basement of where I live. And no matter how tired or even hungry I am after a tough workout, I will always take a few moments to just tidy up. So next time I enter the space, it's clean, it's organized, it's inviting. I don't enter setting myself up for anxiety of like, oh, what a mess. And God forbid, if I'm running late for the class, I would have to then tidy it up. Then I'm all stressed out. So then I'm starting the next en endeavor with bad energy. So take that extra moment to close out the chapter. So the next time you enter that chapter, it's, it's, it's a nice thing. I do that as well in my bedroom. Every morning I make my bed, no matter how tired I am or, you know, much I have to do or whatever. Not only is it a ritual, but it makes my bedroom so warm and inviting and clean and just, just a beautiful, calm energy. It's not just completely like a bomb went off, you know? So clear your clutter. Take that extra few moments to uh, just tidy up. Tip number nine, read a newspaper rather than tracking the news online. Well, first of all, I hope you're not even watching the news online <laughs> because I hope you know that it's just a complete controlled media narrative by about an organization of about five or six different top people, organizations, not to get into that in this episode, but Hopefully, you know, the messages that are out there are just contrived, 
propaganda and it's a controlled narrative. So hopefully you're not even watching the news and getting your news and information from reputable, independent, free-thinking sources. But salacious sidebars on your screen can easily become time sucks that not only contribute to procrastination, but also prevent you from detaching for a more calming activity. So what she's referring to here is in particular, like on, uh, you know, websites on the internet and absolutely on social media. Cause you know, Google is a business and they track and sell all your clicks, all your likes, all your searches, everything. Not only is the information that you're seeing contrived and, uh, controlled by an algorithm, but also everything that you're inputting is then uh, logged into a database and then sold. So all those ads and things you're seeing on your sidebars, including even Amazon, the things you come up like suggested things and viewers who bought that also bought this. That's because everything you've done is being tracked and then sold to businesses who buy that information to then be able to target you because you are now their ideal customer. Okay. So hopefully you know that Amazon and Google and all the social media, these are businesses and they sell advertisements and they sell information. We are in the age of information. So the ads and the things that you're seeing on these sidebars are not coincidental by any means. So good idea to get your news and information from other sources that don't have all that stuff. All right. Tip number 10, focus on reality. Gratitude and attitude quotes are everywhere <laughs> and positive thinking rules the day, but slapping a smile isn't going to solve every problem. Oh my gosh. I just mentioned that. I'm glad she agrees. In fact, constant positivity, positivity, especially when it's forced or insincere can be a form of avoidance. Indeed. Sometimes you need to take off the rose tinted glasses to see your smudged cloudy challenges as they are. Absolutely. How are we going to learn if we don't really pay attention and respect the feelings, whether they be good, bad, or indifferent, all our feelings are in formation. Feelings are there to tell us something about our needs. So we don't want to slap happy stickers on them. We don't want to ignore them and pretend they're not there and just, you know, put on the brave face and all that all the time. There might be a time and place for that, but when it comes right down to it, no, we want to really feel like, why am I feeling this? What is going on? What am I needing? What am I wanting? Okay. So focusing on reality is very important. And yes, still have those positive affirmations and definitely your gratitude list. That's all important too, but you want to deal with both sides of it. Okay. I agree with that. Okay. Last two, as we come to the end of our lists, make a fun plan with the right people. Those who are good for your mental health. Yes. Hallelujah. Make a fun plan. Do you have a fun plan? Oh my gosh. When was the last time you had fun? That's so important and make it with the right people, not the doom and gloom people or the we can't people or, oh, I can't never people or what are people going to think people make the plan with the people walking around with the lampshade on their head and wanted to just, you know, live life and experience and feel and be authentic and honest and real. Just the act of making plans, in fact, creates positive anticipations and it boosts your mood. 
absolutely. I mean, you know, when was the last time you planned a trip and you know how you felt as soon as you booked that trip, what did you do? You had it on your calendar and you were looking forward to it, right? We all need something to look forward to. Very, very important. So gosh, if you don't have anything that you're looking forward to, it's time to start taking action, taking responsibility and booking something you look forward to. Even if it's just a date out with friends or just something. Okay. And the last and final tip for curbing anxiety is accept your anxiety. Maybe you have to work harder than other people to find a place of calm, but you know what? That's okay. Sometimes letting go of the need to control outcomes leads to greater acceptance of your circumstances. Reflecting on what you've accomplished should bring on the realization that as uncomfortable as worries make you, track record for eventually overcoming anxiety is probably close to 100%. So what she's saying here is, you know what? Please don't beat yourself up. It's okay. Maybe you tend to be anxious about things and worry. But, you know, let go of the need to be perfect and self-acceptance is the beginning of change. And it's certainly a requirement for self-love. So, okay, I might be anxious about that. It might be a a go-to feeling for me, but I'm going to take care of me and I'm going to look towards the me that I want to be, you know, always having that refocus on the ideal you. And you know what? The ideal you is the authentic you. It's not the fake you. It's if you even want to aspire to be different and better and a different type of person, that's because that's the real you wanting to come out. And you'll know because you feel in an alignment. You feel, as I've said in other shows, your mind, body, spirit, feet are all standing in the same place. You feel strong and solid. And if you want to feel confident, that's the way to feel confident, my friend, let me tell you. So accepting yourself while still keeping an eye toward that you, you aspire to be is very powerful and is super necessary in order to be able to then grow into another version of yourself. So there you have it from Linda Esposito, who is a psychotherapist, the 12 ways to curb anxiety. Which one was your favorite? I mentioned that my favorite was number one, which was what is a different way of looking at my situation? Just simply asking that question every time you start to feel palpitations or short of breath or are thinking obsessively about something. Which one was your favorite? I'd love to know. I'd love to hear from you. And I really hope you enjoyed the show. I already can't wait to be with you again. And thanks for listening. Would you like to support my mission to help empower people all over the world to be all of who they truly are? If so, please subscribe to the show, leave a review on iTunes and share it with a friend. And if you're looking to take immediate action to align your energy and optimize your health, visit amyfournier.com. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite. Let's awaken her together in you. I'm your hostess, Amy Fournier, and I already can't wait to be with you again and for you to hear what I have planned for the next show. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. To learn more about Amy, check out her website, amyfournier.com. That's A-M-Y-F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R.com. You can also check out Amy's live and on-demand virtual fitness and yoga classes 
and sign up for her newsletter to receive a free mini ebook of three of her top tips for making holistic health a lifestyle. Again, that's amyfournier.com and get your ebook sent to your email immediately. Connect with Amy on the daily on Instagram at fitamytv, F-I-T-A-M-Y-T-V, and watch many of the podcast episodes and subtopic clips on her YouTube channel, which is also fitamytv. Enjoy, and we'll see you next time on Awakening Aphrodite.